afternoon to everyone and thank you for choosing to spend your afternoon here with us. Um, for those who don't know, I'm Patricia Ogan Sabre and I do a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called Maximising Property Values and it's on the popular um, podcast platforms. So Audible, Google, Spotify, Apple. If you click on the above link, you might be able to see your favourite listening uh, platform. And if you do, you can just subscribe to the podcast from there. And if you don't, then you know, let me know what your what your listening platform is, and I will submit the show to it so that you can listen to it. Um, but what I've been doing, or what I did up until the middle of November, was a monologue. But since then, I've added a guest series where I have a guest, one person, so it's been, and we get to know them so much better. And my guest today is Sam Fongo. And the whole essence of today in this room is that we get to know Sam better. And Sam is a very, very generous person. So again, we want to know how he can help us in our respective property journeys. And he will be sharing that. Um, so who is Sam? Who is Sam? Who is Sam? Who is Sam? Do you know, again, Sam, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I know a little bit more about you than most people will, but I don't know everything about you. Um, and before you start, I just want to say welcome to Maximising Property Values. So Sam, if you'd like to tell us who you are by way of an intro, intro, a simple intro, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you, Patricia. Um, I'm Sam Fungo. Um, I'm based in London, but I work across the, the, the UK. I work for, um, I'll, from a, I'll start it personal. Um, I'm married, got um, a twin set of twins and a, and a girl. So I've got three kids. Um, or um, the my eldest graduated, graduated from university in Nantworks, works, and the twins are just starting their first year at university. So that, for me, from a family point of view, that's me. In terms of work, I work for Midas Property Group, and what Midas does is an independent uh, uh, brokerage firm that works in the um, auction space and what we do we do lots of events for auction companies we um, uh, do lots of events for uh, property investors as a result we've got about um, uh, 40,000 uh, investors on our database and we acquire properties on that behalf and dispose on that behalf so my really uh, main role is really um, getting to value or appraise properties for either acquiring or disposing for clients so I think that's a, a brief intro about myself Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And I'm going to ask you later on because you've got some really, really good contacts in the auction industry. And I know that once I was in a room or maybe I attended your webinar where you were able to offer a really nice deal regarding the um, um, auction um, service, subscription service. Um, due to your connections. So if you can think that up and maybe offer it to the listeners here as well, that would be amazing. But I'm not going to put you on the spot. If you can just mention it, you know, as we go forward, if you can't, 
no worries whatsoever. Maybe we can, you know, come back and, you know, offer it. Um, but I think it's such a good service. And I'm subscribed to that service now. And it was a good, good, good taster that you offered where I was able to actually just, you know, experience it without paying any money, without feeling under any compunction to, you know, put my hands in my pocket and I'm a subscriber now. Anyway, um, so your questions. So what I tend to do is I ask people a couple of questions before we actually go into the nitty gritty of what they're doing. So your questions are these. Why auctions? Why that particular aspect of property? So that's your first question. There's another one to come. Okay. Um, just before, uh, great question, actually. I must say, uh, just before I get into the question, I must say the auction space actually occupies just under 2% of the property market. So as much as we talk so much about auctions, it's a very small uh, small percentage of the market. So most properties get sold out of the auction space through estate agents, off market, or as you wish. Why auction? Why well, I say it's a great question because um, uh, there are reasons which people take their properties to auction. One, and the most important reason why most people take their properties to auction is the auction space provides a space where there's a there's, there's a, a committed seller and a committed buyer. That is the main reason why people take their properties to auction because either they've had a few attempts to sell at, um, privately and it's, been, it's failed, and then they just want somewhere where if someone says I'm buying or I'm selling, they mean what they say and they do what they say they're doing. That's the main reason. And the second reason uh, why people go to um, um, to um, auction is to have an open market value. You have lots of councils, um, uh, lots of charities that sell properties or families uh, where there's a property situation, the family cannot agree on a value. The best way of disposing the property without anyone feeling that you sold it to one of your friends is taking it to auction because at auction, it's all in the open and everyone bids for it and there's no way you can do a favor to any friend or, or enemy. So it's all an open market. So that's that's the second reason. The third reason, which I'm currently involved in a sale, which is for this third reason, is where you might have a property that has a very complicated legal structure in terms of ownership, or there's some legal issues with the property. What that tends to do, to ha what happens is that if you sell it, private treaty, um, your legal bill can be 10% of the property because lawyers, as you know, of course, um, when it's a private treaty sale, they tend to ask, make inquiries piecemeal. It could take a year to sell some complex uh, properties when there are some issues, like one I'm selling now. So what I advise my client is, if you are selling this property through a private treaty, it might cost you two thousand three thousand pounds you don't know legal cost but you're selling it through an auction is the same a thousand pounds 750 to a thousand pounds you pay a solicitor they put a legal pack together it's all in there all the matters and all the issues about the properties are all out there whoever wants to buy can see it and know all the issues that you have with this property if they want to buy it, if they have the skill to solve that problem 
they would buy it. They're not going to cost you money. And and when you sell these complex properties with issues, the, the, the biggest challenge is that it can go on for two, three months and then the person change their mind from buying it. So not only are you paying a high legal fee, you pay a couple of times. So for that reason, those kind of properties, they are a lot suitable for the auction road as opposed to private treaty. Then, of course, you have the, the fourth reason will be a property that no one can value. Uh, there's some um, old churches or you have some rundown um, uh, wrecks that no one knows what it's worth. What you do is you stick it out there, let people scramble on it, and you see where it ends up. So I think on that note, I think that's probably four good reasons why people would sell a property, uh, a property at auction. Wow, four amazing reasons. And also, Sam, you said it might just cost them in legal fees, maybe a thousand pounds or, you know, 750. But if they sell, it's going to cost them nothing, isn't it? Because these days I'm yet to see an auction pack with special conditions that don't don't ask the buyer to pay the seller's legal fees. But anyway, let me get on to your second question. So this is a bit of a complex question. So please tell us the best and the worst auction deal that you have seen, been involved in. So you don't have to have been involved in it, but if you've seen it, again, that would be great. And also, can you tell us why you think it's either the best that you've seen or the worst that you've seen? Thank you. Okay, um, I, I'm gonna start with the, uh, the, the worst. Uh, I watched from the sidelines as my dear friend, Jay Howard was sweating, didn't know what to do. Um, in auction house, which, uh, by the way, one of my claims to fame is that for the last seven years before lockdown, I attended every single auction at auction house because I moderated the property question time that took place before the auction started. So I was there every single auction for seven years. And one of the incidents that occurred uh, on that year's watch is uh, someone turned up, bought, um, property well what they thought was a property but it was a ground rents a freehold and ground rents uh, so you can just imagine the um someone that's not um um someone that's gone into an auction company uh, into an auction room bought a property what they think is a property for like thirty thousand and thinking why this big property in london why are people not bidding so badly and then as they went over they realized it's only there's a freehold they haven't bought the building so uh and um yeah so they start they don't they don't want it so they, they wanted to get out of that deal and that is probably the worst auction um deal that i know of then uh, in terms of the good the best one there are quite a few i'm just going to pick one of the most recent ones that i think is the best deal that i've been this one i was directly involved with this one not watching from the sidelines i listed um, uh, a property for sale for one of my clients and actually I've just come from an open house for a property for the same client as well so I sell quite a lot for him he's best in the Middle East um, so HMO we guided that property at 380 reserve at 420 um, every uh, open house we are having about 15 people turn up to it and I he 
was so scared that he can sell. When the guy, the reserve is 420, it means he can sell anyway 421. And he was so scared, he wanted to make sure it was above 450. Um, at the time, 470, he would have beaten anyone's hands off to take it. I offered it to everyone for 470. No one wanted to pay 470. The maximum offer I had was 450. Uh, no one wanted to go above that. So I got one of my clients, uh, other clients, to see if we can convert that to a concept called an underwrite, where to give my vendor peace of mind, we say, we're going to let you have your cake and eat it. So we would, he would underwrite it for you at 440, uh, 440 or 450, there about. Um, so go through a complex situation, which means he is basically saying, I'm going to buy it for you, uh, from you at 450 if no one else bids that much in the room. So that gave my client peace of mind that that property, the worst that can happen is 450. But guess how much you sold for in the room? 551,000. Wow. What? What then happens is that as, yes, it's a wow, as an underwriter, you have the right to share the overage. The difference between what you underwrote at and how much you saw on the day 50-50 with the vendor. So my two clients had, uh, the, um, the, 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 the underwriter had 50,000 on the day for, well, I can't say doing not for doing nothing, but he took the risk to to underwrite the property as well because he wanted the property. So he bid for quite a while. When it was so popular, he stopped bidding. So he made fifty thousand on the day for underwriting the property. So underwrite is a powerful tool that you can use on auction day to make money for sitting on your hands. Sorry, so I have to literally just come in and ask you: Can anyone be? an underwriter in the in the scenario that you've just explained to us or um do you have to have special qualifications or do you have to be part of an auction house how does that work um yes you do need special qualification which is money in your bank account yeah you just have to have money and that's all in fact as we as we speak i'm looking at my screen i'm trying to structure an underwrite for different for a property for a different client and underwrite can be done by anyone that has the money it's a powerful tool to use as part of negotiating an, an offer uh um during uh ocean transactions when we do transactions for for, for clients um but no anyone can do it as long as you have money but what you mustn't do is underwrite for overage. You must, if you underwrite, you have to want to buy that property because if it doesn't sell, you are buying it. So it basically, if you don't want to um, overthink it, just say underwrite just means you are buying the property and then selling it on and then just sharing your profit with the vendor. If, if that makes it simple for you, but by no means, please do not underwrite a property just because you want the overage, because if it doesn't, you have to be financially ready and capable of buying if it doesn't sell on the day. Wow, and that is excellent advice. Because Sam, anywhere you talk, you give amazing advice and you give unbiased advice. 
which is why I really, really wanted you um, in this room doing this guest series. Thank you so, so much for sharing those with us. Now, you know, this, this lady who thought she was buying, you know, it never ceases to amaze me. So you might see a mansion block in central London. So let's say W1. And you think it's worth, it's, it's, it's going to sell at £30,000? You know, honestly, it, 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 I, I cannot share exactly what is going through my mind with that kind of thinking. Penny wise, pound foolish all day long. Why would, you know, there's nothing like a free lunch. So what, what happened with that particular situation? Did, was she able to get out? And did she just lose her deposit or did she have to pay any extras? Um, with that, it's such a long time ago, I can't remember, but I think she must have lost her deposit because she discovered just after buying it. And in fact, there's a similar case that just happened a few uh, weeks ago, actually, or two or three months ago with a particular law that is still on the market, back on the market because someone bought it thinking they were buying a commercial, whereas they're just buying a head lease as well. So this is quite common, actually, um, because the service that we offer, which is uh, um, uh, buying, acquiring for uh, on behalf of clients, um, there are lots of people that think, oh, why pay you when I can do it by myself? But it's such a um, uh, small price to pay to avoid big problems. Uh, when people have problems, that's when they can see the, the importance of it. But there, there are lots of these cases where people buy lots without knowing what they're buying. Uh, so which is one of the greatest advice in auction is that you, you have to know what it is that you're buying. Uh, before you buy it. Wow. So again, a couple of weeks ago, I had a solicitor on, um, Bushra Mohammed, and you know, if people are interested in what she has to say, you can just go on to maximizing property values and search for Bushra Mohammed. Um, and she does what she calls smart auction packs. So you know, people pay her a particular amount and she looks at the legals for any particular auction lot and then she gives legal advice on that on that particular uh, property or or lot and um advises her clients as to whether or not to buy um and i don't know how much she charges um i didn't actually ask her that question nor did she say but surely it's worth anyone coming to you know your outfit sam or going to a solicitor like Bushra to make sure that the most they are losing is, you know, maybe, I don't know, 250, 500 pounds, as opposed to losing thousands. Because if people get it wrong, you know, first of all, the auction uh, uh, um, um, house and, and Auction house being called auction house is a bit confusing because then when one tries to describe all of them as auction houses, it, it, it does get a bit confusing. Um, but the auction house, you know, whether or not it's auction house or Barnard Marcus or Savills or, um, or Allsops, you know, any of them, they want their £1,000. You know, most of them have a minimum fee now of £1,000. They want that. There's the deposit, which is usually 10% of, you know, the agreed, you know, the hammer price. So you're out of pocket for that much, at least. Um, and then you say you didn't realise that what you were buying wasn't 
what you thought it was. Oh my goodness, that is that is just it's just crazy. Okay, I I I guess in a way I can see um, people's points. Just to comment on Bushara, I, I know her quite well, very well indeed. Um, she, she's very good um, at reviewing legal packs uh, for for clients. Uh, and what I tend to say, uh, for as much as I mean, my main hobby is really going through EIG, um, uh, reading legal packs. But even with that, reading fifty legal packs a day, I would not do a transaction for myself or for my client without us going to a, a solicitor. I would still say to you, this is there's absolutely no problems here. But I would get a solicitor to review, and not free. You pay because if you do not pay a solicitor, you don't have that that insurance cover. I say indemnity. I might miss something. Uh, the solicitor, if your solicitor does miss it, there's a cover. So even when I'm buying for clients, I would get a solicitor to review it. So and I advise every single person it doesn't matter how much you know it's always good to get a solicitor to run through that legal pack and rubber stamp it for you then or or indeed point out the issues for you and then you know what you, you you're dealing with so i'm done oh thank you sam and let me just share a piece of knowledge with you unless the law has changed but i remember when i was in training we were told that even if somebody doesn't pay us but we give them advice and we get it wrong we are still liable and that is why i think in the main you will hear lots of solicitors if they're you know on places like clubhouse saying i'm not giving you legal advice so that is their disclaimer um because i don't know the full facts to your situation or you know something like that and that will get them out of it but you are absolutely right and you know too many people just want they want free and you know by getting free you know anyway any good solicitor will will caveat whatever it is that they're saying um but you, they're not going to sit down with the person and go into their business in detail for nothing you know what you know they're in business to practice law and be paid for their advice so you know you're absolutely right even me so i've bought in auction a few times and even though i am a qualified solicitor i don't practice anymore so i'm a non-practicing solicitor but even though i've got some of the training and i have lots of experience of buying and selling i still will not just do it myself i will go to a solicitor somebody who practices in conveyancing law and get them to advise me and say, yes, you can do it, or no, you can't. And only then will I actually go ahead. So you're absolutely spot on there, Sam. You know, people shouldn't really be thinking that they can do it themselves. Well, maybe they can, and they're lucky. But you, what you don't know, you don't know. So there might be that one thing that they're not aware of that will land them in serious trouble going forward. So yeah, completely agree with you on that. Um, wow absolutely wow you know that people will go into auctions and just buy in fact you know what I've, I've seen it as well i was in an auction once and um i started chatting with the guy who was next to me and we were you know kind of like just laughing at things anyway the lot that he wanted went for so much more than what he was prepared to pay and he said to me he said oh, do you know i'm not prepared to go home empty-handed and he just bid on something else later on in the auction and won it. I said, really? He went, yeah, I'm not going home empty handed. And I goes, you're really brave. And he said, well, you know, it'll either be good or it'll be bad. And he... yeah, 
I think that for for me is one of the um, things that I miss about not having auctioned in the room is having those people that turn up and buy on the spur of the moment. Some happy afterwards. Some are, um, should I say, um, require counselling afterwards. So we end up there because I'm there. I'm usually there all day to like the last person leaves, uh, and that. So, and it's quite common with those cheap lots up north where people are buying on a yield uh, basis and then they just come in they buy because it's cheap it's forty thousand up north and they haven't checked the legal pack as soon as they buy a property that's twenty thousand and then they go to the uh, contract desk and then they find out the fee that they have to pay on it and then they're like oh my god i didn't know this no one told me this but because they didn't check the legal pack. So like I said, um, those days um, uh, of having people in the room, we miss it. We, we're looking forward to going back to uh, um, uh, a more fulfilling life in the room, so to speak. Oh, Sam, you say that. Um, I've, I've also bought during lockdown, um, so we didn't go into the room. And I have to tell you, Sam, I absolutely loved it. I loved that. And I tell you, I tell you why, because one, I'd set my limits. Two, I had my phone a friend on my phone line because I was online, um, you know, bidding. And it was, yeah, yeah, don't bid anymore. No, 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 no. You're absolutely fine at this level. Because the thing is, you know, no matter how much, no matter how disciplined, well, this is for me, I guess, no matter how disciplined I think I am, you ca if you're competitive, sometimes common sense can literally fly out of the window and that's why i always need someone to just rein me in and it's like no patricia you know this was your you know ceiling you know do not go above it because and sometimes you know that you know that you shouldn't go above your ceiling you've worked it all out it's all written down it's right next to you but then you still think mm, mm, mm. anyway sam now, there's another thing that people say to me that makes me laugh, and I, I can never, ever resist saying, mm, not quite, um, and, and it's this. So they're interested in, let's say, property one, two, three. Um, then they go back and they see that property one, two, three sold for, let's say, a thousand pounds. And they say, ah, oh, I could have had that for a thousand pounds. And I always say, actually, no, you couldn't have. Do you want to kind of like tell us what's going on there? Um, you mean where a property gets so so low, or, or you mean? Okay, no, uh, no, not a thousand pounds itself. It's um, you know, that was just by way of example. So I guess what I was trying to get at was, you know, when somebody says, "Oh, I could have had it for a thousand pounds." I say to them, well, actually, you couldn't have because this person bought it for a thousand pounds. And if you were in the room, it would have sold for more if you were both prepared to pay a thousand pounds for it. Somebody would have bid even more. And then, you know, maybe it could have gone on for a bit longer, but you could not have had that property that has just sold for a thousand pounds. You could not have had it for a thousand pounds. So, again, that's something that I find that people say. And I just think, how much about auctions do you actually understand? Yeah. I don't know if you. No, I, I, I got you now. Yes, um, that again is one of the things that we um, miss about being in the room, because they, 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 they beat us, that come in and then they freeze up, in the room, or they, 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 they set themselves a limit and they, they manage to hold themselves and didn't buy it, and then maybe it sells about one thousand or two thousand after 
they stop bidding. So they think to themselves, damn, I wish I had bid a bit more. And some of the sensible ones, what they do, they look at the back of the room, they see all of us as usual suspects, we're always there, they come to us, they come to me and say, I want that property. The amount of times that we've actually, and as soon as someone has bought a property and someone wants it badly, I've got the, uh, negotiated a deal before where someone paid £5,000 to take a contract because some of the buyers are not emotional. They're, they're traders. They're there to make money, right? If they want to bid and you were there and you thought, oh my God, I should have bid a bit more and I stopped, you can go to them and pay a bit more to take it. Then a similar story, but slightly different. Uh, there was a property in Hull, an ex-housing association property, two big HMOs together, perfect for converting uh, two houses that were put together as one, uh, title merged by housing association. There was absolutely no interest in that property. I pitched it to one of my clients. I went to bid for that client. I was so confident that there was no one else interested in that property because I have a good relationship with, it, with that uh, auctioneers. Uh, so I knew there was no one else. So I knew that I was going to bid one pound above the reserve because they couldn't sell it before auction because it's a housing association that's selling it. But when we got into the room, it would just appear that someone turned up as well that was interested in that auction lot as well. You wouldn't, it, it just, it went by a thousand pound increment between two of us from 150 to about just under 180 and I gave up and he won it. It's a local guy from Hull. And then afterwards, the guy came to me and said, Sam, you cost me 20,000 today because we were just two of us bidding on that property all the way. Uh, so uh, he said, I cost him 20,000 because there was no one else in the room apart from two of us. So you're damn right. You could win a property, but if you have others uh, interested, it's going to be different. Wow, £20,000 difference, just because like two people were interested in it. That is, but that's how it goes, isn't it? Because each, each party knows how much they value that property at. And it's a question of, do the numbers still work for me? Okay, maybe less profit, but I still want it. Oh, that is, it's quite good. The number of times I've been to auctions where I've literally just sat there and I've not even, I've not even been able to bid because because I tend, okay, I'm one of these people that you guys are going to hate. Um, so I know my maximum. So let's say my maximum is a thousand pounds. I will, um, I will just be silent and I'll just wait for the other bidding to, to carry on. And now if the, if the gavel goes down around, you know, below my 1000, then I'll, 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 I'll pop my hand up. But if it's carrying on and it's gone above my 1,000, I'm not even bidding at all because that is my maximum and it's already been exceeded and people are still, you know, kind of like, you know, going on. And I literally just sit there and I watch people and it is fascinating, isn't it? And, you know, before COVID, all of the main auctions used to be in central London. So you could even like wander out and get yourself a nice sani and, you know, a nice drink and then come back in and, oh just 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 lovely you know and i i guess I, I what i guess i'm saying is you know for people who've never been to an auction before honestly go there just a day out and have fun and just watch people watch how the pros do it and you know maybe have a dummy transaction that you're thinking okay if i had the money i'd like to bid on this you've done all your research your due diligence the whole shebang you know what your maximum price is 
and then you go there and see you know pit your pit your wits against those of the experts okay i mean i'm going to um um just make a couple of comments about the the topic that we're discussing right now and because bidding strategy is something that uh, which is why at times i i, I talk to myself as an auction scholar because i i um i approach auction from a very academic point of view looking at strategy and things like that uh, but but first for coming back to what you said about your bidding strategy where you have your number you stick to it you could go down with the uh for you you can go down the proxy bid road where you you put your bid in and the auctioneer can do it for you if you don't think that you're emotionally involved to want to move from if you're very set in what you want to bid you could go down the proxy road and a proxy bidder is someone that knows i'm going to bid this number and then they put it in and that's when you hear the auctioneer bidding against the chandelier says you against me you against me well, when the auctioneer says me it's actually been on your on the behalf of a proxy bidder but in terms of strategy uh where you sit and wait until you get to a certain number some people say they sit or they, they get in quite early um there's so one other uh, person on clubhouse that was bidding on a property um a couple of um, weeks ago so she approached me and we're deciding a strategy um uh, which is why i always say people should know their property values you have to know the basic value of the property you're going to bid on so that you can then have your exit strategies um uh, to know what you're going to bid on or how much you're going to bid on so when the property is guided at two hundred thousand, and you think this property is really worth four hundred thousand, and you're quite willing you know if you buy that 350 it's still it's still it's, it's, a, it's a deal what i tend to advise at times is that as soon as you start at 200,000, you bid 300,000. You, you jump straight to a very high number. That strategy, you numb a whole lot of people. They, during the days of coming to the room, some people get so angry because they've been planning all month to come and bid and you didn't even give them a chance to bid because they're, they're totally dead. A few people take so long to recalculate uh, and think in their mind um like in my case who from the property with this guy in Hull, who went by 1000 increment for so long but i bet if someone had jumped by about uh, uh, if i had maybe on hindsight if i had jumped by 10k in one go i don't know how smart that guy is he might have taken him a long time for him to adjust it's probably longer than the auctioneer counting one to three um so you have to have it's like playing a chess you can make multiple moves in one go and other players might not be quite quick thinkers as yourself so you might just end up finding yourself the auctioneer counting three uh to three and um uh without them focusing that oh that's still within my reach so um yeah so it's, it's about strategy and then when it comes to to bidding i'm going to talk about exit strategy after your comment oh no i was just agreeing with you that i'd seen that before where somebody just went so the auctioneer is saying um, anyone for, you know, whatever amount it was, a thousand pounds more. And this guy just added 50,000 on. And the whole room just went silent. And we all, as one, looked back. And it's like, yep, yep, you're playing with the big boys now. It was, it was exciting. It wasn't my money, obviously. That's maybe why it was a bit exciting. But I can see where you, I, I, you know what? I'd never thought of it like that, that, you know, it's a psychological game. And some people might be too slow to actually respond to you in time, and that will give you the edge. So again, here I am learning. Oh, thank you, Sam.
and the, the way I tend to say um, in terms of the um, exit is uh, like the property I was bidding on in Hull, um, first exit strategy was to just keep it as it is, as a HMO, it will be fine. The second exit strategy we had for my client was to split titles back into two houses and sell it. You made a profit because it was being sold by a housing association. It was so low, it would have made money. The third is it could you can get because it's parking under it's a corner house you can drive into the garden and park you can actually uh make it into flats so the point i'm trying to make here is that when you actually go to bid at a property in an auction you need to work out your exit strategy two or three exit strategies and that way you work back so that you can be more flexible in your bidding and say if i bid if i if if i spend this much then i have to use this for this kind of exit strategy to justify that cost so you really really should think of your exit strategy uh, before you actually go into a into a bidding at auction thank you sam now sam you run webinars don't you where you talk people through this and you, you, people have a chance to ask you questions that you answer quite um carefully with examples as well do you want to tell us a bit about that do you have one coming up that um or, or how often do you run them because some people who listen to this might listen to it in a month's time or two months time or even a year's time you know on the podcast um so is, is there a set number that you do per year and um, um how can people actually find out when they're going to take place thank you yes we, we do quite um a lot of um um events um uh, finally there's uh, one the property question time that we do that goes on a seven week cycle with the auction because the way auctions in london work is that almost all the auction companies do a seven week cycle and then so we do that that coincides with um with, with the auctions so every seven weeks and then we have the midas um uh, property uh event which you do uh, in the evenings um and that's once every month um i can't remember the exact days but i think um, i'll put on my link tree if people can follow me or i can um, uh, tell them um send them windows are on and then um, um of course i'm on clubhouse for the last year and a half every wednesday evening with um uh in the room talking about property auctions uh, i used to do it on a friday then with david sanderman the uh the the, the chap the ceo of a uh, um of um uh eig and jay howard we used to do that on a friday but since lockdown ended a lot of people have better things to do with a friday evening than listen to auctions at five o'clock so we moved that to 8 p.m on um on wednesday uh, so which is actually tonight so um we're having that and i hope we're going to keep it going for for much longer but the um property question time events that we do every seven weeks and the midas events we do every week every month rather so if you uh, follow myself or you go to midas property uk you can actually um, um get access to our next um events right and i was fiddling around with the link with the with the link and i didn't get it right i was going to put your link tree up um okay great stuff so people you've heard it um definitely worth doing and i've you know i try and come into your rooms as well because they're always so informative 
um, you always learn something in Sam's rooms. So definitely, definitely, definitely worth attending. And if you're not already following Sam, you know, please just tap on his face and follow him. And then there's a bell icon um, on his profile. Tap on that as well so that you can be notified whenever he is talking because he is the auction guru. He is the person that you want to know if you are interested in buying or selling via auction. And even if you don't instruct Sam, he will he will tell you what he thinks. So you've got absolutely nothing to lose. Um, like I said, you know, everyone that's been invited onto this guest series, I personally respect them. And these are people that I would deal with personally myself. Um, so, and, and Sam is not paying me to say what I'm saying. He's not paying me at all to say anything. Um, I'm literally just kind of like, you know, just sharing what is in my heart right now about, you know, the service that Sam provides. Um, so Sam. Thank you, Patricia, for your kind words. And just a quick share of an uh, interesting story. Uh, there's some, quite a few people that come to my room. Sometimes I get like uh, lots of, they, they'll send sides to me. What do you think this will go for? So I, at times I used to always just share my, thoughts about it but I thought this is so many that if I have to do this then I'll be uh you know like one of those churches that have a priest specialized in um in taking confessions so I um uh, I said we have like a service now where people have to book to talk to me so this chap sent a couple of properties and I said now he needs to book uh at the time and he said oh why pay one I can get it the information free from you I said yeah, absolutely I'll give you that information free meet me in the room on Wednesday, he said, no, I don't want to share my, my lot with everyone that will go on it. I said, of course, if you don't, if I'm sharing free, you've got to share your side with everyone. If you don't want to share, if you want it private, you have to pay. So I just thought, let me put that in. Oh, thank you, Sam. Do you know, I'm I'm exactly the same. Because my Calendly, um, if people want a private conversation with me, that's a consultation. And, you know, people, there is a charge for that. But I say to people, you can get it for free. Just come into any room where I'm talking and ask me that question. And then the whole room gets to benefit from it because there are so many people who want you to invest in their business when you have nothing to do with that business. And, you know, not nobody minds giving, you know, helping people out and, and giving advice and stuff. But, you know, when it's to add value to your business, it's not just a... a, a oh, you know, what do you think about this? A theoretical question. These are like real practical questions that they're going to be using in their businesses. And yet, you know, sometimes some people are, you know, like you said, you know, this person that you were talking to, why should I pay when you can give it to me for free? And I, you know, again, you know, it's your business. It's your business, invest in your business. So, yeah, so Sam, so, so you have a Calendly, do you? Or how do people actually book? Can you tell us? Um, usually most people will contact me, but we have like an event, bright, um, like event that's conti continuous. So you would go to it. There's a menu option on it that you would then pick the menu, um, that you're looking for. Um, you tend to have people that maybe they just want to discuss a deal. It could be a deal analysis or one-on-one, -on -one, or it could just be people that just want to understand how to position their property for sale. Uh, at auction or private treaty um like i said if i would first do a 15 minute free conversation on it if i think you need a bit more time then i will send you a link to book and then we can uh, we can have a a quick chat um about it so okay 
Great stuff, great stuff, great stuff. So again, you know, now um, sometimes, okay. So I'm 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 one of these people who um, some people might say it's sad, but I I like to do my due diligence, and I like to know everything there is to know about you know things that I'm really interested in, things that might affect my business. So I've. I, in the past, have read auctioneers' terms and conditions. And I remember when, the, you know, the first time that I read one, where the auctioneer was saying that they can actually bid on a property. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. That they can actually bid on a property that they're being asked to sell. So this is, I'm not talking about proxy bidding here. I'm talking about the auctioneer just trying to whip up interest in the room. Um, and um, I know that because um, I used to think because the, the, there was one particular uh, property that just didn't sell in auction. This was during the lo lockdown. Um, it was it was in about three or four consecutive auctions. And every single time the last bid seemed to be one or two thousand pounds below the reserve price. And I thought to myself, this doesn't make sense because whomsoever bid that one or two thousand pounds less surely would have gone to the auctioneer to say, look, doesn't your client want to sell? Won't they sell to me? Or the auctioneer would have gone to that person and said, you know, can you, you know, add another thousand or two thousand pounds and, you know, tidy it up. And then I attended your webinar where you said, don't take the last bid price as somebody who's interested in buying actually bidding because that could have been the auctioneer actually bidding and that's why they would have stopped just shy of the reserve price now that for me was it was revealing so do you want to tell us a bit more about that yes okay um would uh, would the proxy where someone is not very confident of how much they would be bidding uh, or they've come they, they, they know they can't hold back if you put a maximum bid and you put your down payment your deposit everything as a buyer the auctioneer will bid on your behalf up to that number and if you do win fine if you're not fine but just hypothetically take the case of that property in hall that i was bidding on and i was unfortunate to have met someone as i thought they would be the only one in the room bidding so the two of us we helped each other um all the way but take it that if i was the only bidder in the room and that property was guided at um 150 and that was actually the reserve as well so i i had uh very good information that the guide and reserve were the same so if anyone if he hits that 150 it had to be sold so but the auctioneers will always start at 140 or 110. They start from very low. So if you are the only bidder in the room that wants that property, it's against common sense for you to bid against yourself, right? You can't keep bidding up and up alone. So you do need um, um, someone there um, that can actually get the race going. So what tends to happen is that as an auctioneer, the auctioneer has the right to uh lead with the bidding up to as close to the reserve as possible but what they cannot do 
is go above the reserve because the moment they go above the reserve it, it means that the gravel can drop at any time then it will be quite embarrassing if they have to buy the property by themselves so yeah so so the auctioneers do have the right to actually lead um the bidding uh, up to close to uh, to to the um uh, the, the reserve as possible right okay because you see the thing is um that always you know but when i when, whenever i think about those kind of situations it, it makes me think mm, it's not really then a price that i guess it maybe it is a price that somebody is willing to pay because it, it it's 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 a false market then isn't it if if the auctioneer is actually bidding um against you know somebody who is in the audience and you know is willing to so are you saying that they will only bid up to the reserve price which may or may not be too high in any event or uh, will they just carry on bidding until no they can only bid to the reserve because um after the reserve they, they it's too risky for them to bid because then what if they did bid and you didn't bid then it means they will have to buy by themselves auction companies are highly highly regulated so they have to keep all their records uh, in case someone comes in, uh, uh, so, which is why you can see there's so many disclaimers. Uh, when you look at the auction conditions, you, you say you've been to see the property and you, even if you didn't view it, you have to say you've been to see it before they can sell it to you. So you, you have to uh, indemnify them. So they, they're highly regulated. They, no auctioneer will bid above the, the, uh, the reserve because it's too risky um, to, to, to do so. And if you think about it, if that property is on for 150 reserve and guide, the auctioneer has to start from somewhere low. And if you're the only person in the room, you can't keep, keep bidding up yourself alone. So you need help from someone, you need a helping hand, which is why it's still quite um, um, a willing price because you're still willing to pay. No one is pushing you to bid. So if you stop bidding, the auctioneer too stops but they can only bid as soon as they get to the um um uh, the, the under the, the reserve they, they will stop so if you go 1 pound above the reserve the auctioneer would, would let go to you uh where they actually end uh close to to the guide like you you, you alluded to earlier maybe the guide and reserve were the same so um the auctioneer just didn't want to go above the guide which could be the, the reserve uh, and that tends to be for most of these um institutional properties the guide and the reserve are in most cases the same because they're they not too bother um and they would agree to whatever reserve you, you you actually give them or guide because if you advise them as a professional that this is what you need to get the best sell they say yes uh they're not as difficult as what i call organic or family vendors that are quite difficult to um uh, to recommend a reserve price too oh thank you sam and then, you know, talking about guides and reserves, can you just tell us, because you are the boss, you are the expert in this, can you just tell us the normal relationship between those two prices? Okay, so guide and reserve, where I, I tend to just use, and for academic reasons or just discussion, I use a property that's 100,000. Uh, and I use this to, to give it a difference between estate agents and auctioneer as well. If your property is really guided a hundred thousand and we all at uh, the bank has value for a hundred thousand but just will not give you a mortgage for one reason or the other 
an estate agent will come in, maybe put it at 105. The next one will come in and say, oh, I'll, I'll put it 110 or 115. And then they, they just keep putting it higher and higher until they, they win their instructions from you to sell it. And hopefully they, they hope to get you 90,000. An auctioneer will come in, value it. We say, this property is worth 100,000, but we're going to guide it at 75,000, reserve at 85. So hence why be it below market value is always 25% below market value, because that is the, the, the guide at auction. Then the reserve is, by regulation, the reserve cannot be more than 10% away from the guide. So that's where you get 85,000, which is like 10% from 75. And then it's 15% from what we all agree as a market value of 100,000. And what will happen is that this property can sell about 1,000 pounds above 85 which is why vendors normal what i call organic vendors are scared of putting it because it might go um it might sell at 86 but those who are traders people who buy properties for the sake of selling it back immediately without doing any work to it they can put that property on the market at a guide and at of 50,000 knowing that there will be so many people that will come to that property and and then it, it sells much much higher uh for them so i think yeah so that is a guide uh and reserve relationship there so here's another strategy i suppose that you know for people who might know what they're doing that they can take on board so first we had the underwriting which again, you very, very clearly said, you know, there's, don't go into it just because you want to share in the uplift, go into it if it's a property that you would be happy to take on board in any event. So that's one way of making money if you don't actually win. And then this other one is trading, if you know what you're doing. Um, and lots of people don't, again, as we've touched upon today, but if you do know what you're doing, people can do that, can't they? They can, they can just trade, they can buy, stuff not do anything to it put it back in the in an auction and time alone will just give them a profit yeah ab absolutely the, the um thing about traders is that the professional traders it's a numbers game for them they, they do so many properties that they, they they would lose out on one there's a particular property that one of the traders had on a couple of um, um months ago and we had a client that wanted it we offered him an, an amount for it and he said no he um he asked for much higher we, we didn't and he went to the room he sold like ten thousand lower than what we offered him for the average person they'll be mourning they'll be regretting missing it but for him he said well Sifango, don't worry sometimes we lose sometimes we win so for them it's a numbers game because he had about maybe 10 other properties in that same auction right so some of them he did fantastically well so when i called him he was more interested in talking to me about the ones that did well but not spilling them not crying over spilled milk as it were so auctioneers um uh, traders rather it's a mindset it's a numbers mindset it's a numbers game as far as they're concerned their mindset is you lose some you win some so if anyone wants to go into trading be prepared to win and lose but you just hope that your wins are going to be more than your losses oh my gosh sam it's been such a pleasure having you um on this guest series and i've been looking forward to this for a while um 
And, you know, so people, you know, Sam's link tree is pinned above, you know, do tap on that so that you can, you can link, you can link up with him. Um, and, um, and as you've heard, he has so much, so much wealth of experience in this area that if you, if you are thinking about it, it's worth investing a certain amount in your business, in your future, in the strategy that you might be considering to get Sam to look through your numbers for you, to go through what you're planning with you. And if you spend, let's say, I'm not saying that Sam is charging this, I'm just using this as an example, but let's say you spend £250, but he saves you from the kind of mistake that we spoke about where somebody thought they were buying a property in London for 30000 they didn't realise they were just buying the ground rents. You've already saved money. You've not lost two fifty. You've actually saved three thousand, which is ten percent of the thirty thousand, less the two fifty, and then you'd on top of that you'd still have to pay the auctioneer a thousand pounds, if not more. And oh, anyway, so you know, well worth, well worth whatever it is that um, Sam charges. Um, so this particular recording is going to be on Clubhouse for another week, I think, and definitely in a week's time, it's going to be released as a podcast. So again, maximising property values, um, you can, you know, search for it and you will be able to find it. So go maximising property values, Sam Fongo, you will be able to find this. So Sam, thank you very, very, very much for doing this with me. And as I said earlier, if you're not already following Sam, he is somebody that you definitely want to follow. Um, next week, next week, so Wednesday, um, this time next week on Wednesday at noon, well, it's not the same time because we're now at nearly one o'clock, um, I will be talking to Carol Caroline Pattinson. She is absolutely amazing. She's got so much experience, especially in the HMO area. And she's somebody that I, you want to listen to her. If you're interested in HMOs, you want to listen to Caroline. She, she doesn't make any noise about herself, but what she knows is definitely worth knowing. And she is more than happy to share. So next Wednesday at 12 noon, I will be talking to Caroline Pattinson. And Honestly, everyone in the room, thank you so much for spending your afternoon here with us. And Sam, once more, thank yes. you very much for being my guest. Yeah, thank you, Patricia, for the opportunity. I uh, it's been an honour to be in, in your room. Uh, I love coming to the room. I, I love the way you communicate. I, I learned so much, uh, not just about property, just about how to get a point across when I listen to you. It's always a pleasure. And I look forward to uh, hopefully being invited in again because there's just so much that we haven't touched on. So hopefully uh, we'll have the opportunity again to come back. So looking forward to that. Oh, I'm going to take you up on that, Sam. Definitely. I was actually going to, I was, I was kind of like thinking, you know, I'm going to have like series two where I'm going to have, you know, my guests come back and update us. But before that, I'm going to have you back on and we will maybe do a deep dive into a particular aspect of auctions. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to hold you to that, Sam. <laughs> I look forward as well. Yeah. Okay, great stuff. 